Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. It is a blessing to live each day with the knowledge that through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life. One day, we will take possession of all that God has granted to us by His grace. But what are we to do today? How are we to live this redeemed life? Today on Drawing Near, Paul focuses our attention on just that. So let's take our Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and study our aim. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, I give thanks to you today for your love, mercy, and grace. Your mercies are new every morning, and they're tender mercies. You have compassion on us. You pity us. You look down upon us, and you remember that we are but dust. You forgive us of our sins as we seek to confess our sins and become obedient to you. Father, we pray that you would help us to be more sin aware, that we might live more fully by faith and live out your righteousness as Jesus Christ has taught us. Father, guide us in our study today. Help us to understand these things because what we're studying today, what we are looking forward to, is very important. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If your Bibles are open, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. It says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. If you've been following along over our last three studies, you're aware that we've been talking about our heavenly body, about what it would be like to be with the Lord Jesus Christ, and today we continue in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we look at what we are to do today in anticipation of our glorified body and entering into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in verse 9, where it says, therefore we make it our aim whether present or absent, what it's saying is, whether present with Jesus or absent from Jesus. If we're in this body, we are absent from Jesus. But when we take possession of our new body, our glorified body, we will be present with the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. And so Paul says, we have an aim. We have an objective, a focus. Whether we are present with Jesus or absent from Jesus physically, our aim is to be well-pleasing to him. Our focus is on Jesus Christ. What pleases him? If you remember, there were a few times in Jesus's ministry that the heavenly father looked down upon Jesus and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We should desire the same response from the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to live our lives with the aim of being well pleasing to him. One of the phrases that I like to use in my own heart and life is, I live to an audience of one. Many times we try to please our family members, our spouse, our children, even our parents. We try to please people at church or at work or at school or in the marketplace. We have our eyes on trying to be pleasing to so many different people when in fact our aim should be to be well-pleasing to Jesus. We live to an audience of one. If Jesus is pleased with us, it doesn't matter what anyone else says or does. If Jesus is displeased with us, it doesn't matter who is pleased with us. 
We live to an audience of one. And the emphasis is on this in verse 10. Why should we be pleasing to Jesus? Why should this be our aim? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Notice what he says. Paul's not talking about them, the Corinthians, or Gentiles, or Jews, or lost sinners. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We need to be pleasing to Christ because someday we'll stand before Christ and give an account. That's what it says on in verse 10, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Many people don't understand this. We have trusted in Christ. We are saved. Our sins are forgiven. But we will be judged. We will receive from the Lord Jesus at his judgment seat according to the things we've done in this body, whether good or bad. We will be judged. Now, that judgment is not going to be a judgment unto eternal condemnation, not for those who are saved. But if you take this passage, along with the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where it talks about building with gold, silver, precious stone versus wood, hay, or stubble, and that all of our works on this earth are going to be tried by fire, that's where this comes in. What we've done on this earth is going to be tested. And what passes the test of fire, what lasts, what is eternal, what is treasured by Jesus, we will be rewarded for. This is going to take place. And it's a significant enough event that Paul says we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to him. Certainly in heaven, we're going to seek to be well-pleasing to him. Why wait until then? We read our Bible. We study. Maybe you're listening to this podcast. We go to church. We fellowship. We pray, seeking to know the heart and mind of God, seeking fellowship with him so that we could know his will and be pleasing to him. Now, being pleasing to him affects every aspect of our lives. The words that we say, the thoughts that we think, the things that we do. Every part of our life is supposed to be well-pleasing to him. Not just pleasing, well-pleasing to him. Is that your aim? Be honest with yourself. How often are you aware of the need of this aim to be well-pleasing to Jesus? How often do you put your life on autopilot? and just cruise. You've read your Bible this morning. Maybe you've prayed. Maybe you've listened to a study. And then you just go about your life, not really considering how your treatment of others, your words to others, how you spend your time, your effectiveness as a good steward of God's resources, how you parent, how you engage in marriage, whatever it is, how much are we aware to be pleasing to Jesus in these situations. Too often, we live our lives just to please ourselves. We have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not us, but Christ lives in us if we've trusted him by faith. So Christ should be living in us, guiding us through his Holy Spirit, through his word, through godly counsel to be well-pleasing to him. Verse 11 It even gets more ominous. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. There is a terror of the Lord. God is awesome. There's a song that talks about our God is an awesome God. 
But that word awesome is better translated terrible. It doesn't mean God's awful. It doesn't mean he's horrible. It means he is to be feared. He is to be considered. He is to be respected. Paul says we know the terror of the Lord. We know that God in his justness, in his righteousness, his holiness, will punish sin and will allow sinners who reject Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord to go to eternal hell. We know the terror of the Lord. Therefore, we persuade men. We share the gospel. We live the gospel. We try to influence people for Jesus Christ. He goes on and says, while we're doing this, we are well known to God. We have a good reputation with God. God knows us full well. And then Paul says, and I also trust are well known in your consciences that you know the truth about us as well, that you know our sincerity, our labor, our work, our faith. We should have this kind of a reputation to God and to one another. We should be faithfully transparent in all that we do, that God would receive the glory. When we sin, we need to confess it. We need to confess it to God. And if we've sinned toward others and they're aware of it, we need to confess it to them as well. We need to repent and walk in righteousness. We need to own our sinfulness. But we need to also own God's forgiveness. When he has forgiven us of sin, we need to set it aside and go forward. What is your aim? What is your focus? Is it to be well-pleasing to Jesus? Are you aware of the judgment seat of Christ and what lies ahead for us? When you look at the lost world around you, do you look at them knowing the terror of the Lord and therefore are moved by the Holy Spirit, moved by that knowledge to persuade people to faith in Jesus Christ? What kind of reputation do you have among your family, your church, your community? That's what Paul's talking about. Our aim, whether present or absent, is to be well-pleasing to Jesus. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for these words. And I pray, Father, that they would resonate in our hearts and minds in a way that we would not be easily able to shake them. I pray, Father, that you would stoke the fire in our heart, the fire of passion, to serve you faithfully, and to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. Father, so much of the time we see the circumstances of this world and we have a sense of hopelessness. This world is perishing. Jesus has told us that. But we can save people out of this world through sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to do what we can do and not to spend all of our time lamenting what can't be done. Help us to trust you in obedience. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.